begin at the 19th verse to the 23rd verse, and it says, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. As you take your CV, help me announce this to your neighbor. Tell them, follow me, not others. Tell your other neighbor the same thing. Tell them, follow me, not others. Then tell them, that's what Jesus said. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Looking as we're concluding on this series of following Christ. If you look here, we followed him into the temple. He cleaned it out when he entered into Jerusalem all the way to the cross where he hung and bled and died for our sins. We followed him to his tomb where they laid him there on that Friday night. He rested there all day. Sunday morning was still there all day. Sunday night. But we came here to celebrate early Sunday morning that our Lord rose with all power in his hands. And we can follow him that far. Catch this. He also goes on to tell his disciples that he will ascend unto the Father to be seated at the right hand. And I, I want you to tell you that you can follow him there too. Because we can make it into heaven by confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. The prophet says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul went on to say that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Goes on, verse 13, for saying, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus had the audacity, yes, he had the audacity to say that I have not lost whom you have given me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that Jesus made it clear that if you come to me, I can save you. If you come to me, I will not lose you. And if you come to me, I can get you full. I can fill you up with some bread that you won't be hungry anymore. I can fill you up with some water that you won't thirst anymore. Aren't you anybody here glad that you can come to Christ empty but leave full? Just throw this one in for free. This is not in my notes. Throw this one in for free. I know there's many times I've gone to the gas station empty, but I didn't leave full. But I'm glad that my Jesus owns the cattle on the thousand hills, that he will never leave us wanting or lacking in anything. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or New Living Translation says that I will have no need because he is my shepherd. So we're following our Christ now. He is now on the shore. They went out fishing. They caught some fish. They see someone on the shore. They swim. Peter sees them, swims to the shore. Jesus cooking breakfast for them. They sit down and eat breakfast. Then Jesus takes Peter to the side. And we're familiar with this. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I uh, love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Feed my sheep, my lambs. And so we see this. And then he goes on to say that you are now young and then you will become old. 
road and they will grab you by your hand and others will have to tie you up, pointing out how he shall die. Y'all with me here? I'm at the 19th verse now. So Jesus told all this to Peter to let him know how he shall die. But I, I want you to grab here that verse 20 opens up and says, but then Peter turned around. <laughs> And saw behind him the disciple, Jesus loved. It's good to write your own story. You could put down what you want. So John, John, the writer of this gospel, refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved. I'm the disciple that he loved. I'm the one that leaned on his breast to get close to him to find out who was going to betray him. That, that, that's me. I, I'm that one. And, and Peter was concerned about me. One reason why he says this here is to dispel the rumor that he would be alive until the coming of our Lord and Savior again with a loud trumpet sound. So John writes this to let everybody know that that's not what he said. But I'm going to get to that. But I want to grab what I want you to grab here is that Jesus told Peter to follow me, not others. Y'all see that in the text. He told him one in verse 19. It says, I told you all of this. And now he says, follow me. He told him to feed my sheep. He told him to watch over my lambs. He told him, I'm going to build my, my church upon you, Peter, on you, Cephas, on you, Rock. But Peter was not concerned about him, but he was concerned about John. Can I help somebody out this morning that you need to first be concerned about yourself? Jesus was speaking to Peter. He was not speaking to John, but Peter, Peter got too excited about you telling me all about my business. What about him? We be that like that. And when we are being talked to by somebody, we don't like what we're hearing. So we get upset. We start looking around, trying to deflect off of us or put attention on somebody else and say, well, what about them? Jesus was was being instructed. I'm sorry. Jesus was instructing Peter and commending him and confirming him and and even restoring him because, you know, Peter done messed up. But Jesus letting him know that I, I know you denied me three times. Three times I asked you for that if you love me. And three times I commissioned you. I've commanded you to watch over my sheep. If you can grab on to this, Jesus already told him that I am the good shepherd. It's right here in the same gospel that I am the good shepherd. I, I don't put just anybody over my sheep because the sheep know my name. And so he says, these are my sheep and I am the gate. I'm open up for them and make sure that they have life and have life more abundantly. That I have green pastures that I will fight for you, for my sheep, to make sure the enemy will not come in on the side to try to kill, steal, and uh, destroy. So if Jesus is telling Peter that I will trust you with my sheep, it suggests to us that Jesus has enough confidence in Peter to watch over his sheep that he purchased with his blood on the cross. So in this time, Peter is hearing this great, 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 great commission coming upon him, but he was not listening to what Jesus said. He was looking around to see what about him. I'm here to remind us on this morning that we, can, we need to make sure that, Lord, I'm getting all that you have for me and not concerned about what you're doing for them. Tell your neighbor, you need to mind your own business. Because Jesus has already gave him clear instructions 
follow me. But after hearing this great command, this charge that was given, he got distracted looking around and saying, what about him? Tell your neighbor again, mind your business. We get caught up thinking about other people that we cannot appreciate what God just given us. God just gave him Peter a great charge. He didn't just give him a small task. He gave him a great task, but he couldn't celebrate. He could not get excited about that. He had to look around and say, what about him? Too many times in our life, God blesses us, but we want what somebody else has. We get caught up that thinking that if I have something and they got something that I feel, I feel, you hear what I'm saying here? What I feel is better than what I have. We want what they have. But can I help you out that you don't know what they have? We hear all the time, everything that glitter is not gold. You've seen something that'll look nice, you think is a nice gold ring, you put it on, find out you got an allergy. Thought it was real gold, it's fool's gold. You got your finger turned ring. You have a breakout, you have a rash. Because you thought you wanted what somebody else had. So tell your neighbor, keep your eye on yourself. So he did this to reflect to him how you are going to live, how you're going to die. But, but John was not concerned about his life. He was concerned about Peter's life. How is it that God can bless us and we can't thank him? But we go look at him and ask him, what about them? See, we need to be careful with this envy, with this jealousy, with this idea that I can do anything better than you, that I am faster than you, I'm stronger than you, I'm smarter than you, I dress better than you, I look better than you, I have a job better than you, I get paid more than you, I know more than you. We got to be careful by thinking that we are somebody who we are not. I'm losing some people. Y'all don't want to agree with me. That's all right. I can go back up, just put a CD and sit down and say, look in the mirror, because we're going to remember that we need to look at ourselves and not forget who we are. Jesus looked at Peter, saw the greatness in Peter. Peter, look, Peter looks at John and sees nothing. It's amazing that we want to have eyes like Christ, but we can't have our eyes on what Christ has given us. We have so many people cheating and stealing and, and conniving and lying because they cannot appreciate what they already have. They want something better. Feeling what? The grass is greener on the other side. Again, again, again. You don't know what they're doing. You want to have their house, have their lawn, have their yard, not knowing that it's them out there working, cutting the grass, putting the fertilizer out there, sprinkling and putting the water on, weeding up everything. But you just want everything for free. You don't want to work for it. You just want somebody just to serve you. We need to remind ourselves that Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. And so we need to be concerned, how can I serve my brothers and sisters, not concerned about what can they do for me? We need to be careful with this envy, with this jealousy, and be careful realizing that you can never satisfy yourself. Jesus tells us that he says that if you come to me and you thirst, you shall be filled with living water. 
in the Beatitudes, he says, Come ye all who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. He told us that in Matthew that, Come to me all you who are weary and heavy burden, you will find rest for your soul. Jesus opens up and reminds us that I have everything that you need. Don't get concerned about other people. Just do what I ask you to do and what? Follow me. And when you get caught up doing what Jesus has asked you to do, it's amazing that you start working like you have blinders and you don't see all the other stuff trying to distract you, trying to get your attention. But no, you can say, I have my eyes on the prize of the higher calling, that you are reaching and stretching out to be just near to him. Might sound like that woman from the issue of blood, that I will press through the crowd, because just if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be here. Can I help somebody out this morning that I don't need to touch the hem of his garment, but if I just get in his presence... Things just change. So, Lord, all I want to do is just be close to you. So, Lord, for me to be close to you means I have to remove the distractions around me. And sometimes those distractions are not outside but inside. The distraction is my own eye. I can't keep my eye on you, Christ. I take my eye on other things. And, 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 and look what happened here. Peter, once again, takes his eye off Jesus and looks at somebody else. Does that sound familiar? Y'all remember Peter was on the water. And he was doing well when he was looking at Jesus, but when he looked at it, saw the wind, his, his circumstances changed. Help, help me preach it to you now. Tell him, just keep your eyes on Christ. Because he'll never change. <laughs> He's the same today, will be tomorrow. But you can look around the world. It'll change from season from season, from day to day. But Jesus' love will never change. His mercy will never change. His grace will never change. His joy will never change. But the world will change. The world will pass away. But what? His word will remain the same. So just remind yourself, just hold on onto his precious hand. And to hold on to his present hand, you have to be near him. <laughs> and so when you're near him, you have your eye on him. You are concerned what he has told you to do. And he told you to follow me. Look here again in this text. We see that he has been, John has, was not concerned with himself, but he was distracted with others. And that just as him that we need to realize that we need not to be about other people's business, but be about our father's business. Tell you never again, mind your business. Because if you mind your business, you will realize I'm about my father's business. Look at the reminder that he gave to John. He says to him, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he gave to Peter. He says to Peter, look at it. What is it to you if he remains here? Look, 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 look how the New Living Translation says it. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Say, what is it to you what's going to happen in his life when I have already told you now for the second time after I cooked you that wonderful breakfast that you need to follow me? Can I stick a pen in here in a minute and highlight again? I said that, the, that John wrote this out so that people will, will, will understand that he was not going to be alive until he came back again. Look what he says here. 
Verse 23, so the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die, but that, but that isn't what Jesus said at all. I'm going to read that again. Somebody caught that. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? He's saying that it is a possibility that I could have him staying here till I came alive, but I did not say he would not die until I came back. Help help your neighbor out, tell them, you got to read what the word says. Too many times in our lives that we're trying to find out what God has for us, we go to other people to tell us what they think they heard, but they got the wrong information. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I know how to research. Anybody here know how to research? Somebody tells you one thing, well, you can go back to sources and find out if what they said is true. And, you know, research means you get multiple sources. And so I heard one person say one thing, another person say uh, another thing, but I heard God say one thing. If God said one thing, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I can find him saying it again in his word. That's called research, y'all. Scripture interprets scripture. So if I look into the word, I can realize what it says. Somebody said that John's not going to die, but the word says, if I want him. To remain. If I want him, if I want him, does not sound like he's going to stay alive. So many times in our lives that we get caught up with other people's lives that their lives become more interesting than our lives and their lives become more truer than our lives. It's amazing how we can schedule our schedules around TV shows that are reality shows. And we know more about these stars. We know their birthdays. We know their last girlfriend. We know their first kiss. We know who their baby mama is. We know all this information about them. But do you know your child's first, your first room teacher? Do you know your spouse's favorite color? But you show up, but get on the database and find about your favorite star. And saw what they was wearing on the red carpet, trying to go get your knockoff at Macy's. We need to stop being concerned about other people and be concerned about what God has called us to do. My mama used to say it to me like this, that if so-and-so jumped off the bridge with you, not to think long or hard, because I might have. Because I was so concerned about how I could fit along and get along with other people, but not concerned about what I need to do for me. And it caught up to me that when I had a friend that got me in trouble and did not care I got in trouble, I found out that they were not concerned about me as much as I was concerned about them. Can I help somebody out here this morning that I need to keep minding my own business and be about my father's business? Because if I look back in the text, here. Look what he told Peter to do. Feed my sheep. Many pastors preach this message to other pastors talking about what it requires to be a shepherd to feed the sheep is to make sure that they have sustenance, that they have good range, that they are protected from the enemy because it's hard to eat when you're running from an enemy. Hello somebody. It's hard to eat when you don't have good, good, good grass to feed on. It's hard to eat when you got a, a, a dry tongue, you need some water. So a good shepherd makes sure in order for the sheep to eat that they are protected, that they are provided for, and that they are covered. Tell your neighbor, I got too much stuff for me to worry about you. 
How can I be all, all about my father's business, but I'm worried about will you get to work? Will you take care of your husband and your children? When my children and my spouse are not being taken care of, but I'm worried about you. I ain't got time to do all this other stuff. You get caught up at your job looking on the internet trying to find out the latest gossip and you fall behind your job. Then you get fired. Got the nerve to say, how dare that boss let me go off my job. I've been showing up on time and you talking about everybody else, but did you do your work? Did you turn it in time? You get caught up doing so much stuff. We need to remind ourselves that, Lord, I got to be about your business. And if I'm about your business, I'm not concerned about everybody else's mess. Because when you realize I got enough on my own. And so, see, Jesus had told him, I told you to follow me. I would have given you instructions. I want you to grab here. God has already given you instructions. You want, we hear people saying that how can you get dating advice from somebody don't have a, don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? How you going to get marriage advice from somebody that's not even married? And this is what's happening here, that too many times in our lives that we are so concerned about helping somebody else when we don't got our own self together. Hearing comments, you need to go ahead and leave him. Are you married? No. Okay, then I should not be listening to you. If I was you, I would have quit. Do you have a house and shoes you got to take care of? No, I should not be listening to you. Because you hear people in the world will tell you what they would do, but they're not you. So you got to do what Jesus has told you to do, and that is to follow him. Not follow their advice, not follow their opinions, not follow their directions, but follow Jesus. And what's the best way to follow him? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can I help somebody out what I'm trying to say here? Just obey the truth, you'll know the way, and you'll have a good life. Everybody else try to promise you what the good life is, but Jesus says, I'm the only one that came to give you the good life. And the life I'll give you will be more and more, exceedingly above, which you can ask or think or even imagine. How is that, Lord? Because I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I came to give you joy, everlasting joy. I came to give you love that's everlasting. I came to give you peace. Not like the world gave you, but my peace, which will never cease. I've come so that you will not die, but have life. So I want us to grab, as we look at how we followed our Lord and Savior into Jerusalem, we followed him in cleansing the temple, how he wants to cleanse us. We followed him and how we've seen he's telling us of the woes and the things to come. We followed him to see how even Judas betrayed him. We followed him and seen how he was traded in the garden, but yet he sat down to open up and break the bread and drink the, the cup with him and pour out his blood for the remissions of sins. We sat down to remember and reflect how he suffered and died for us. Now we can, we can rejoice in his suffering and we can rejoice in his resurrection and we can be born again because he was wounded for our chastisement stri- and, and we are and our chast- his chastisement upon us so that we can be whole that we can have peace and by his stripes we are healed and if we have been healed and we have been called to be his children then we ought to be able to follow his simple instructions on how to follow him and how to follow him he said that you need to deny your selfish ways pick up your cross and follow after me denying your selfish ways means you're not concerned about somebody else you're not concerned about how they're going to follow you, but you're concerned about how I can follow him. 
And catch this. Once you get your life in order, it's amazing how you'll be a blessing to somebody else. Once you get your stuff in order, you'll be a blessing to somebody else. Because why is this? Jesus is only working on you to be a blessing on somebody else. Because we are made for his glory. And since he made us for his glory, he told us this. I will give you my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit, which will bring me glory as he gives you what he hears from the Father. So, don't get distracted in following others, but follow Christ. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, let's turn to him. Lord, we come right now, God, realizing that, Lord, we want to 